Welcome to the Insightful Player Podcast with your host, Chrissy Carew. In each episode, Chrissy interviews NFL players and other professional athletes to help transform our culture to be inclusive, kinder, and more loving. We hope to turn everyone into insightful players in their own lives. Chrissy is also the author of the book, Insightful Player, featuring over a dozen stories where football pros lead a bold movement of hope. You can learn more about her book, Chrissy's coaching programs, and more episodes of this show at www.theinsightfulplayer.com. You can also watch other episodes on YouTube and listen through all the major podcast platforms. Now, here's the host of Insightful Player, Chrissy Carew. Well, welcome back to the Insightful Player podcast. Today, we have on a very special guest, um, Ben Utek. I think, Ben, I think I met you in 2009. It's um, been a long time, hasn't it? It's, it's, it has. It has. It's great to be reconnected, too. Um, now, Ben is a retired Super Bowl champion. He's an author. He's the recipient of the Tony Dungy Uncommon Award, which I'm going to ask you to explain that to everyone. Sure. And he's a keynote speaker. And he, he's the chief culture officer. And again, he's going to get more into that. Um, ben is all about giving people a renewed sense of um, He's all, all about pouring love into the world. And you've always been that way since I met um, He has a fascination, um, a fascinating combination of honest to goodness grit, genuine grace, and courageous vulnerability, which is so nice because you really have a tremendous gift of connecting people because mm. you're so willing to be you are, you're so authentic. And all of this gives Ben an amazing ability to help create more harmony in our world, which I will face. So, so welcome, Ben. Thanks, Chrissy. Happy, happy to be with you. This is great. Yeah, it's yeah, it's great to be reconnected. So can you tell us just a little bit about the Tony Dungy um, Uncommon Award? I think a lot of people aren't familiar with that. Yeah, thanks for asking. And it's, it's right here, actually, behind... Ah. This is about 90 pounds. You wouldn't even believe it. It's pure, it's it's like pure metal. It's pretty, it's pretty incredible. Um, and it's and it says um demonstrating uncommon leadership. And so Tony Dungy, Hall of Fame uh world championship coach uh for the NFL, uh, created this award and and it's really designed to to spotlight the importance of uh what uncommon leadership looks like. And it's gone to players um, like one of my former teammates, Peyton Manning, was was one of the recipients of the Uncommon Award. And so it was a huge honor. It has three of the most important individuals in Tony Dungy's life. Uh, and that would be Cal Stahl, who is his coach for the University of Minnesota when he was playing for the Gophers. Uh, it's his father. And it's uh, Martin Luther King Jr. And so oh. it's just a, it's it's one of the most special things that I've ever that I've ever been given, awarded, completely humbled, completely floored by the opportunity to receive this. And, and so it, it was a true honor. But it's everything about what, what Dungy stands for, which is what is it, what does uncommon leadership look like? What does it mean to build uncommon culture, to treat people in a positive and uncommon way? And so uh, most everything that I'm passionate about doing now is because of that. That's great. Yeah, he's a wonderful role model for all of us. And 
Yeah, and it speaks volumes about your character. And you've never been boastful. So I just love the fact that you are the recipient of such a wonderful you know, such a good guy. And you've also been a tremendous advocate for, um, for, the, for the suffering of brain um, injury concussions, because you unfortunately had many of them, countless, and uh, thank God you're okay. Um, but you've spoken to Congress, you've really done a lot to create awareness. Can you tell us, and you wrote a book to talk about it, again, being typical then, vulnerable, putting it all out there, <laughs> right? Yeah. Such a great quality. Can well, you, you never, yeah. you never want your, you never want your career to end due to injury. You know, it's, um, it's the, it's the most, you know, physical violent sport uh, in the world and it's bound to happen. Unfortunately for me, it came in the form of concussion. Um, you know, I, I, I really retired because I was having some cognitive issues and some memory issues. We just started our family. And so I, I wanted to just, I wanted to be careful and I wanted to do whatever I could to, you know, have sustainable brain health. And, and so I walked away from the game that I, that I really loved to play that I started playing when I was in third and fourth grade. And so that was a difficult season, but I became um, a voice into my goal. Chrissy was always to just emotionally connect people to the importance of their mind and memories. It was, it was never anti-football. Um, it was a balance between, you know, having a pro game and a pro brain mindset right? It's, it's, you know, football gives so many that don't typically get opportunities an opportunity to do something they love and to succeed. The life lessons that exist within football are, are deep and immense. Um, and at the same time, you know, it's our physical bodies that we put on the line every day, uh, especially our brains, which is the makeup of who we are as a person. And so, I really wanted to find that balance right in between, you know, two very important realities. And and that's, that's really where my advocacy was and was so blessed to come back to Minnesota where we had the American Academy of Neurology, the American Brain Foundation, and to be a spokesperson for them was truly an honor. And, and um, just glad that I could use my story to help people not only continue to love football, but also to, realize how important the brain is to who we are as human beings. It's what makes us relevant. And, and that's a great story to share. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I've learned a lot from you just from the other day, um, you know, that you've really been helped. I'm so glad, so yeah. glad that you look great. You're doing great and doing some amazing things in the world to boot. Um, you answered a beautiful calling. Um, you're helping companies and individuals um build champion culture um boy i'd love to hear more about that well man culture culture is it's one of the you know it's one of the buzzwords trending today um in every aspect of life whether it's business or home life or educational life everybody's talking about culture and you know it's within that that I found something that I'm very passionate about because I believe that culture truly is representative of people. You know, you, you, you know, that famous Peter Drucker quote that culture eats strategy for breakfast. And 
I often ask audiences when I speak, you know, I often ask them why, why is that true? You know, because strategy is a, is an outcome that's created by people and culture ultimately is the creation of strategy. And so the reason culture eats strategy for breakfast is because it's, it's representative of the people of that community, of that culture. And so one of the greatest lessons I learned from my Hall of Fame Super Bowl winning coach, Chrissy, and Tony Dungy was um, that if you build better men, you get better football players. And and let that sink in because it's 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 so much deeper than than it sounds. If you build better men, you get better football players. And so every every single football player that makes it to the NFL is in the top one percent. That's how small, that's how hard it is to get to that level. And so when you're in that level, to be able to understand that qualities like integrity and character and humility and vulnerability and empathy and grace and so on and so on. And so these skills, when you actually spend time practicing them and building systems to develop them in people, not only are you going to get the top 1% who are so gifted at the skills and competencies of the game, but now you're actually building and developing their leadership capabilities, building and developing their relational capabilities, their emotional strengths, everything begins to grow. Then the human condition begins to grow. And so, of course, your performance on the field is going to grow. And so that that changed my whole perspective on culture. Culture just doesn't have to be this word that we just throw around to everything. We just attach it to everyone. Well, it's culture. And no, it, 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 it doesn't have to be so subjective. It can be an objective tool that we use to actually develop and build the best forms of ourselves as people that we can. And when we build the best form of ourselves, apply that to our gifts and talents for the workplace, now you've just created the peak human condition that you can. That is what really gets me excited because it's 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 pouring into people, it's providing value and purpose, it's being intentional with everything that we do in order to improve their their lives, and that makes them come to work every day wanting to be there, wanting to give of themselves because they feel valued for, they feel cared for. And that that's important. That's radically important. Oh, God, yes. I mean, and I appreciate everything you're saying. I grew up with my dad as a high school coach and English teacher. He used sports as a way to build character and help kids learn valuable life skills. And that was his whole purpose. So, you know, you two would love each other if you ever <laughs> um, But he's in heaven. In um, the whole culture thing, I'm so glad that you're out there doing this. Because our culture is broken, you know, and people are hurting. And um, not just organizations, but individuals can help build their culture as well, and their families, and their communities. And do you have anything you can say to that? I think that that's one thing that, you know, in, in a in an American culture where, where business really is the foundation that exists in order to provide sustenance, you know, we, there's such an importance on, on vocational identity. And because of that, we can often forget that, that when you really strip it down, 
the identity a person feels towards their emotional and their physical, their spiritual, the, the, this is this is the core of who people are. And they have to go to work because they have to provide for their families. But their work life is not truly their identity. It's not truly who they are. They, it's something that they have to do. And so it's really important for organizations to understand that and to do whatever they can to pour into the emotional, spiritual, you know, physical parts of a, of a person's identity, that what makes the, the human condition of this person um, perform at its highest capabilities comes out of really what makes them happy, really what makes them feel like they have a purpose here. And that ultimately, as a chief culture officer, my my role is to really create an ecosystem that provides that for people, right? It, it's about developing people and pouring into people so that when they walk through those doors every day, they feel like, you know what, um, this organization, this company truly sees me and they value me and they understand what makes me feel special. And they're going to develop that in me in order for me to go have a successful career. And there's a monetary value to that, Chrissy. That That's the thing, right? Because when you get into big business, it's like, it's the same with football. We talked about this. It's like, what, at the end of the day, what is impacting the bottom line? And part of my passion is is to prove to to big business, to prove to organizations that that people ultimately are what impact the bottom line. And if you want your revenue to increase, then you need to develop your people. You need to pour into your people. And and ultimately, that's sustainable. Okay, fear is not sustainable. Fear increases turnover it decreases retention and it ruins organizational culture love value respect honor virtue gratitude joy i mean the list these are the things that we want to foster in business they actually have a significant effect on the bottom line it's just getting people to actually think that way about it well, we need to get you on that world stage more often, <laughs> every day. In fact, could you please go back to Congress and, and speak to them? They really need you. Uh, I'm not sure they're sure they're coachable. Boy, wouldn't it be great for them? Um, everything you're saying is just so true, and, and people have this um, unmet need to belong. Yeah. And when you honor people with that level of respect and love, as you said, pouring love into them, um, they can be more fulfilled, and it trickles into their whole life, yep. which is um, what we so desperately need, yep. as you know. I agree. So how do we all get everyone involved with, um, you know, to really step up to help, you know, in, to transform our culture, to be more inclusive, kinder, and more loving? What are your thoughts about that, Ben? Oh, it's a big, there's a lot to dissect there. I mean, you, um, you know, number one in, in the, with, with the mentors that I've worked with in the PhD community, one of the things we've all agreed on is that culture is the leader's choice. You, you have to have leaders in position in order to live out these types of ideologies and these philosophies, because the waterfall effect on that is, is organizational and that, and that, is really critical. It's it's hard when you're asking someone more on the foundational side of the community to be the leader of that. Um, and that was one thing that was so um, 
evident, Chrissy, when I when I stepped into a, a Super Bowl championship team, is Tony Dungy came in, right? Tony Dungy came in and he um he had players like Peyton Manning and Dwight Freeney and Marvin Harrison and I mean the list goes on and on. The top some of the top players in the NFL that that had bought in and committed to this way of thinking. And so as a rookie, when I came into that locker room, do you think that I'm going to, you know, uh, confront or do things differently than my Hall of Fame quarterback, Peyton Manning? No, it's not going to happen. I'm going to, I'm being impacted by that, by the leadership of Peyton Manning and by Tony Dungy. And I choose to to step into that and commit to that. And, and it had a great impact on my life. So start, it starts with leadership, I guess, is my answer, Chrissy, is you've got to have great leaders in place that believe in the value of pouring into the human condition at work. Right. And, 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 and you know, Tony, I mean, I read his book and I just want to point out. Um, it's all about, as you mentioned, the servant. You know, it's all about caring for people mm-hmm. and showing them the respect and putting them ahead of the goals. Right. It is. And, but, but within that, it's like, you know, like one of the, one of the principles we talk about that I, that I really took out of Indianapolis and, Tony Dungy was this idea that that grace has an effect on peak performance, right? So grace is to act with kindness or clemency, right? But as we define grace, um, it's not absent of excellence. Correct. And that's one of the things that I, I feel like, especially in our younger culture, we we lose sight of that as leaders, we can still create a culture that operates out of a foundation of grace. We want to we want to treat people well, treat them with kindness, treat them with clemency while we demand excellence. Okay, it doesn't mean that you're just going to come into a culture um, that that practices grace, let's say, and you can just do whatever you want. No, <laughs> you don't have to do your job, and in any in any part of life, even, even as a father of four incredible and beautiful daughters, um, we, we train our children. We have to work and coach and, and teach them about life. And there are consequences, right? There are consequences when they don't study for a test in school. What usually happens, they don't get the grade that they want. And then they have to do the work afterwards in order to increase that, that grade. Okay. That's a part of life. And so while we talk about the importance of skills like grace, we also have to understand that that there, there, there still exists an intensity around the importance of doing things in an excellent way at a high level and being held accountable when you don't. Right. And people are happier when they're accountable. And that love and grace, I think, breeds excellence. And it, it enables people to expand their perspective what's possible. And they get, you know, hit with a bug, you know, just yep. to create more like Pac-Man. You're too young to remember Pac-Man? No, I I, <laughs> I, I grew up with Atari, so I know all about Pac-Man. So. Oh, okay. But yeah. yeah, I mean, it just empowers people to do more, to reach for, right. right? And to be better role models to, you know, the people in their community. So, yes, the excellence I prefer is a very important part of all of this. Um it's, it's amazing. So it just seems like you're out there transforming people. Um, it's this transformational movement that you're knee deep in and leading. 
Well, and that's because, you know, I, I've had a, been blessed to be mentored by a couple of different uh, chief people officers in the Fortune 100 community. So these are individuals that have overseen, you know, the hiring and management of tens of thousands of people, 65, 75, 85,000 you know, people in these in these large organizations and and that's that's always been a you know something that I've that I've learned from them is just how incredibly important it is you know to um to be transformational because there's really only two lanes Chris you have a confirmational conformative lane or you have a transformative lane and you have to make a choice in your leadership style of how do you want to approach or create a game plan or attempt to develop the individual, right? If you're not getting the types of behaviors and performance that out of your players, for example, in the NFL, you can do an old school approach and you can come at them and you can, and you can, you know, try and use language that tears them down to build them back up, conform, do what I say, or you're not going to be on the team or you use story in a transformational way you use words in a transformative way to help begin to change a mindset if you don't change a mindset of a person you're never truly going to get their full commitment right to to truly get devotion out of people you have to you have to be transformational in the way that you approach the development of their human condition otherwise it's What's the point in doing it? You're just telling people what to do, how to do it, do it my way or get out. And why would they want to come to work for that type of environment? Because they need the money. And so that's that's a part of it is, is really helping people understand that. You know, fear still gets results, but it doesn't get sustainable results. And that that is to me what's what's a, a huge differentiator. Uh, yeah, the sustainability is amazing and um i concur you know and and, and another lane that i think goes in the middle is being transactional versus yeah. transformational sure. and um it, it's really quite something else and i agree with you i mean if you're not going to go on that path of transformation what kind of life are you going to right um how happy are you going to be what kind of legacy are you are you going to leave behind you you know, because we in giving we receive and it can be the most fulfilled by leading that transformational life. And you and you make a good point, Chrissy, because everything we do in life is transactional. Right. But so when you think about the times in your life where you've experienced um where you've experienced the the best side of humanity, it's probably because the transaction was positive. And, and you had to deal with people. Have you ever been in a situation where it's like I I, I recently uh, was going through my my credit card statement and there was there was a mistake and something was um, was um, made payable to my credit card. So I called this company that I'd never heard of before. And the guy that answered was absolutely wonderful and incredible. And he and he was apologetic and he went out of his way to connect me to the right people and to go through. So I started out that process in frustration and disappointment and uncertainty. And yet here's a person that gets on and says, wow, this was, 
you know, and took me through a process that was honoring to me. And that transaction, because of his behavior and because of how he chose to develop the situation, gave me a totally different, uh, you know, reaction and experience to that to that issue. It would have been totally different if I would have got somebody on that was, ha- you know, that was not interested and they're, you know, close, you know, close minded and they were sharp and and critical. Then, then all of a sudden I'm I'm re- responding negatively to that transaction. So I think you're absolutely, I think it's a great, that's a great balance between conformative and transformative. It's, it's always transactional. So how are you going to, how are you going to lead during that transaction? Right. Really good point. And I have a great story too. Um, I was on the Nordstrom's uh, website and I was going to buy a gift and it wasn't working. So I called the 800 number to get help. And what happened was, is um, my dog had just died suddenly and she was only seven the day before. And so I was weeping and I just apologized to the customer service person. I said, oh, I'm so sorry. My, my dog just died suddenly. And the woman was so loving. And the next day I got this huge bouquet of flowers. What? No, it's true. No. So, honest to God. So I, I, I was like stunned. So I called the owner of Nordstrom to say, I, I, I mean, I was speechless. I said, I, I, I can't believe it. And um, he says, oh, that's just the Nordstrom. So I, I, okay. I, I shop there every chance I get. <laughs> that, and that is culture, right? Yeah, that's beautiful. The Nordstrom's way. I mean, that, that's, what we, that's what the culture was in Indianapolis with the Colts. It was the Colts way. And as I often began talking about this publicly, it was the champion's way, right? It's, it is, it's paving a way by which we choose to do things intentionally to improve the human condition transactionally and transformationally whenever we can. That, that is what, if we only did that, just imagine if we did that in, in, in our, in this world, you know, on a daily basis, you awesome. know, it, it would just, it would, it would create such a, a harmony, which would be, which would be truly powerful. Even, even a harmony that can exist between people with opposing. Yes, um, definitely. We're desperate for that. To, you oh know, yeah. Big time. It's Big just time. unbelievable. And that's why I brought Encycle Player back because of that, you know, all the fighting. And yep. I, I just couldn't take it. Um, yep. So I'm so happy to hear your story and help you get your message out because you're a healer. You are a healer. And I know that you inspire and touch a lot of people in big business and individuals deeply. Um, and you leave a permanent impression on people's hearts as you have mine. Appreciate so that. I appreciate I appreciate you, Ben. And um, anything else you want to share? Um, like why you think it's so important for us? To all step in. Why should we all step in to have this culture of ours? It's a good question because, you know, part of my, we talked about this recently, part of my, part of the difficulty of of, uh, retiring and stepping into the real world is really discovering what what your calling is. You know, I, I grew up playing football in third, fourth grade. And when I entered the real world at 30, while I had passions, Chrissy, I didn't. I didn't know exactly what I was supposed to be doing next. What is my? What's my real calling? And so, you know, it's 
I, I always knew I wanted to speak. My dad was a pastor. I, I, I saw a man who did, devoted his life to using the power of words to be positive and transformational in people's lives. I knew I wanted to do that. Um, so I started speaking. Um, but then I became kind of an athlete speaker, which you get put into a pool of different type, you know, of different categories. And I was a inspirational, motivational athlete speaker, even though I had this thing, this this special mission that I got from my Hall of Fame coach, Tony Dungy, this this new approach to to transformational culture. And so within the last two years, um, I I found a company now that I'm an owner and partner in um, called Behavioral Essentials. And it's just a powerful software platform, assessment-based platform that helps organizations hire better, develop leaders better, and culture better. And for the first time in like a decade, I went from being just inspirational and motivational into actually using qualitative and quantitative data to help companies achieve this. Like we can actually benchmark aspirational culture and hire into to that benchmark so that when you bring people in, when you give them an exclu- inclusive, inclusive opportunity to, to, to come into an organization, you have created a very objective and chosen culture that, that they can choose to or not to be a part of based upon whether it fits you know, their, their identity. And that's really powerful to give people that choice. And so I'm really excited about the next 10 years, because to answer your question, like, I think how we do it is through inspiration and we do it through, you know, objective science and data that can help create a, just a powerful balance on, on hiring the best people, developing them to the best of your ability and creating transformational culture that can be that can be held accountable. Awesome. And it's great that you provide a place for to be inclusive where people can choose. Yes, this fits my values or no, it doesn't. So when you get the you get the right people in in the culture that that are compatible. And that's pretty miraculous. Yeah. In this day and age, right? Um so good for you. Thank you for taking this on. Yeah. It's amazing. I look forward to learning more about your company. Sounds yeah. Well, it's, it's an exciting time. And it's uh, obviously with, with the importance of diversity, equity, inclusivity, um, with the importance now more than ever of finding top talent and, and people that can come in and help build, you know, the organization now, now more than ever culture is critical and and making it an actual product a material objective uh part of a strategic plan or a game plan is is so important so it's really the right time excellent thank you thank you for jumping in and taking the lead there and and you have something funny i said what's one fact fun fact about you and you said you Want to be Superman? Are you wishing Superman? <laughs> well, who wouldn't want to? Who wouldn't want to be Superman? <laughs> Can you say more about that? Let me write down some notes here on my on my Superman pen. Oh, that's a riot! That's a riot. Oh, that's a funny. Yeah, that's funny. My, I um, I grew up. Uh, I grew up in a you know, um, just I fell in love with that movie and the old John Williams soundtrack and. 
And so I had a, an injury when I was, I think it was probably Chrissy, my first concussion. I was just a little kid. I was five years old oh. running, running around the living room with my friend and he came flying out of the kitchen. I dove out of the way like Superman and I ran right into the corner of a dresser. Oh. I can't see it, but I do have a, I do have a good, good scar here. Ever since then, my, my family uh, showered me with Superman memorabilia at all of the holidays including <laughs> including birthdays so it just became kind of this funny thing you know but but interesting as it's as it's connected to culture is one of the things that i just fell in love with the comics and how the how how the character was created by the schuster brothers back in the 30s was the importance of virtue the importance of virtue and justice and you know, morality and ethics and, you know, what does it mean to be a good person? Right. What does it mean to have virtue today and, and, and to do your best to do the right thing? And, you know, to do your best to do the moral thing, to do the ethical thing. And and um, none of us are perfect. All of us are going to, to fail um, at times in those areas. But shouldn't we strive for it because it's the best representation of the best part of ourselves. And it's, and when we, and when we're living that out, aren't we the happiest? Yes. Don't we feel the most content? And and so I know I do. And I guess I can only speak for my own personal position on that, but that's when I feel the best about myself is when I'm truly living a life that ref, is reflective of, of those qualities. And that's that's something I love about that character. That's great, and it's great um, advice to ask yourself these thought-provoking questions yeah. because your your mind will give you the answers and help you. And, and you know, especially if you ask a question you don't know an answer to, which is great. Sure. You know, so good for you. So um, so Ben is in my book, Insightful Player, right? Yes, you do. Um, at the end of each chapter of um, the 32 players in the book, um, I have their guiding principles. And I'd like to share a couple of things. Um, trust your instincts in your heart and stick to what you believe in. Mm. And adjust your attitude about tough times. They teach us important lessons. Look beyond them. And that's something I remember so clearly about you when I first met you, about how when you had some kind of obstacle, some kind of terrible setback, it, it didn't you didn't freak out. Of course you felt it, you know, whatever the emotion was, but you also had this belief um that something grand would come out of it. How the heck did you get at such a young age? Oh, Chrissy, I was I was blessed to just I grew up in a family that that just poured into my sister and I um, in our identity and our value. And, you know, everything that we were taught growing up revolved around perseverance, endurance, fortitude um, and the blessings that come out of having a mentality like that. Right. Blessed. Blessed is the man and woman who endures trials of many kinds for when they have withstood the test right it's 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 getting through that testing right that you actually can experience just incredible value and and that was something i got from my parents so 
you know, I really, I really owe all that to them. And, and I guess just surrendering to the fact that, you know, we're all going to go through the valleys. Wow. We, we, we really are. I mean, it, it can be a sudden loss of a deer, you know, animal that has given you so much joy in, in your life and, you know, or, or a family member or a friend. And we, we can go through these times and we know they're going to come. So what are we going to do about it? You know, I, I, I try to be as actionable as possible because I, I know that that suffering is coming. I know that trials are coming. I know that difficulty is coming. But I also know that when it comes, it goes into the past. And so and so there's nothing we can do about it except for learn from it and make choices to positively impact our lives going forward. And, and, I, and I feel like if we can, as hard as it is, if we can hang on to that reality, that truth, then we can come out of it stronger. We can come out of it with more hope. We can come out of it with more optimism, right? And it's all of these things that I, I, I do believe are just really important to moving forward into your calling. And that was something that I was given as a young you know, as a young child and growing up in my adolescence. And and so it's, I, I try to give it to my girls too. It's not easy, especially when you're going through it, right? It's easy to forget and to let go of that. Right. But, but it's important to try to hang on to it. Absolutely. And what I've noticed is by facing it, um, your gifts and strengths come back much stronger. Have you experienced that, Ben? Oh, yeah, I, I have. And it's, and listen, you, you know, as a as a culture officer, one of the things that that um, that we have to do is we have to create actionables, right? We we can we can talk about these things inspirationally, but if we don't actually give people a general way to practice it, it's really difficult. Okay, so how how do you practice coming out of those situations? And 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 spend a little time, spend time with people when they're going through when they're going through difficulties and, and helping them create, okay, here's three things you can do over right. the next few months. Here's one thing. Here's one thing you can do over the next couple of weeks to help pull yourself out of this difficult time to move forward into your calling and your passion. Give give people, I call them practical and tactical ways to apply and grow and and so if you can if you can do those things with the people you work with and that you spend your life with um you know a lot of times they'll they'll follow through on those actions and 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 they'll experience the fruit of that right and that's the community you know it's a beautiful community when we can all give to each other like that absolutely so it does and there's a lot of that out there we just don't hear about it we hear about all the yes, crazy true. stuff right that's true that is true <laughs> So um, one thing I just want to touch on before we go, Ben is a very gifted musician. He has the most beautiful voice. I mean, amazing. Um, and you have some albums. You, you know, share a little bit about that before we go. It is. Well, first of all, it's not fake. That's not fake news by Chrissy Carew. It's real. <laughs> I, I actually... I actually am a singer. I was I was raised in a in a very musical family. Um, was trained ever since I was a young kid. Signed a record deal when I was playing for the Colts in Indianapolis, and moved to Nashville after retiring to to really give music and speaking a 
a chance. And so I, I've done music my whole life. Um, still have a, a just a wonderful Christmas show that I do every year in Minnesota called an Andy and Bing Christmas, right? If you love Andy Williams and Bing Crosby, two of the highest selling Christmas albums of all time, you you would love the show. But but it's um, you know, music for me, number one, it's always fun to kind of deconstruct stereotypes. No one expects the singing football player, especially six six foot seven, two hundred and 60 pound tight end <laughs> and oh. so it's, always, it's always fun to surprise people but music was really just a great way to um to express myself and to it really helped me through a lot of of those valleys we talked about Chrissy and just being, being able to write and to sing and whether it was about concussion and fear of the future with memory or whether it's on the happier side about you know the joy of you know of life and the people that that we love that come into that life um music has just been a language that's been able to to really help me express myself and um and it's been a joy so i'm 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 blessed on many levels and and music is a part of that well your music touches the soul that's for sure so yep. um, well then thank you so much um we we'll, ha we'll have to have you back i mean you have so much more to talk about and you know, you're doing some really beautiful work out there. Thank so you. How, how can people reach you? Listen, I one of my things about being a servant leader is to be accessible. And so no matter what you see behind me, I, I want to connect with you. I'm not hard to get a hold of. Um, reach out to me on LinkedIn. I spend a lot of my time there because I'm really pouring into the business community. So please reach out to me on LinkedIn and send me a note. Let's connect. Um, otherwise, you know, I'm, I'm on Instagram at Ben Utech and Twitter at, at Ben Utech. Same, same with Facebook. Um, you know, I'm trying to put out good content. It's going to increase quite a bit in the next six to 12 months now that we're kind of building out a production team. So I'm really excited to start taking these incredible lessons that you've uh, asked me about today and really beginning to, you know, to start to distribute them out into the industry. And so really excited about that. Excellent. Well, we're all excited for you. And um, thanks you so much, Superman. And we'll have you back. <laughs> sure. Can't wait. Can't wait. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for watching or listening, depending on your platform. And until next time, you go out there and give your heart away. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. The entire Insightful Player podcast initiative is dedicated to the late Tom Constantino. Thank you for watching and listening to the Insightful Player Podcast with your host, Chrissy Carew. Chrissy is also the author of the book, Insightful Player, featuring over a dozen stories where football pros lead a bold movement of hope. You can learn more about her book, Chrissy's coaching programs, and more episodes of the show at www.theinsightfulplayer.com. We hope to turn everyone into insightful players in their own lives. You can also watch other episodes on YouTube and listen through all the major podcast platforms. Thank you for your comments, reviews, and sharing the show with others.